Y'all good? Yes. Hey. You good? You good? I am good. Thank you. Good. Yeah. Marvelous, as a matter of fact. Marvelous. <laughs> I've got some water. That's kind of a different, if anybody grew up in the, the old barn, so if you're new here and whenever you hear me say barn, I'm talking about a, a place of worship, of uh, bricks and mortar, uh, places that we go to to worship this awesome man named Jesus. So if you grew up in the barns, a lot of times you've probably heard of this thing called Awana, and it was a way that it was like Bible competition, right? And it's kind of funny when you strip that away and... It was these speed drills, you know. Look up, look up Luke 37.1. And so what a crazy, new, cool way that Awana, if we're going to still call it that, we speed drill on our phones now. How fast can we find it on our phones? Isn't that cool? That's really cool. It's stinking cool. You could even just kind of go, verse that says nothing's impossible. And here comes 5,000 of them, you know. Take your pick. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy cool. All right, so welcome in. We're going to uh, dive back into what we've been doing as I hand out stuff. Um, if you haven't been with us, we've been talking about soil and the soul of our soil. And class, are you good soil? Yes. Oh, that was good. And what do you base your good soil upon? Jesus. Yes, that's always a great answer when you're in a gathering like this. You can't go wrong much if you say Jesus. You're going to kind of be in the ballpark. I'm kind of wavering between God and Jesus. They're one and the same. I'll just say that. And so why? Because you said yes to Jesus. Right? And there's lots of times that maybe within your being you don't feel very good. You don't feel fertile. You don't feel rich. You don't feel like that you can receive. However, the truth of the matter is, is that you are extremely fertile and rich and beautiful soil because of the Jesus you swallowed. That never changes. Ever. Ever. And so we looked at that and we found out that one of Jesus' ways to connect in his living life on earth was through prayer. That was his connection. And we said, man, he's just fused together. And we left that a couple of weeks ago. And I said, what does that look like for us? And a lot of you do that. As marketplace pastors, man, you're in the midst. You're in this constant conversation. But as you are praying, there's sometimes that as you turn the soil of your soul over, there's things in there that you don't want to be in there. And so you start plucking them out and start pitching them over to the side. And, and we even said, you know, at some point that when stuff gets in there, and, and so I've got my hand up in the air like stuff, you know, there's, there's sometimes there's just some stuff that gets into our being, right? I mean, it's, it can get to be really cruddy, right? You, you, know, you just hang out with my little bald head, and there's sometimes cruddy things rolling around in this being. And I have to figure out why I'm allowing that to happen. You know, we even went so far last week and said, you know, a lot of times what happens in this, in this body of Christ globally, we've taken that verse where it says, guard your heart, and we've blocked it. 
And it's a big difference. Because when you block something off, you have capped it off from receiving air. You've capped it off from receiving the very thing that you are masterful at doing in this room. And that's giving and receiving love. And gang, look, look at me here. If you don't believe your heart is worthy of receiving love, you will block it off. You have just choked out any and every possible way of your heart getting nourished by others. The God flowing through others to nourish your very being. Just little bitty statements that if someone is congratulating you or if they're complimenting you and you deflect it underneath your voice, you've blocked your heart. Just say thank you. Thank you. Amen. And so now you get to be nourished, and now we go into this week right here where we're, we're going to talk about, after now, we got good soil, man. You go by one of those fields, and, and they're plush, right? Got all the big dirt clots out of there. And Man, I can remember as a kid, if you ever passed by one of those fields, and it had those big clots in it, those were getting chunked at somebody. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was on until someone got nailed in the noggin, and it was like, I'm out. You know, game over. But right now, man, tonight, our soil is ready to receive. You have prepared it. You've prepared your soil to receive the seed. And so what is the seed for us? Who is the seed? Amen. Always, again, a good answer in a setting like this. Yes, the Word of God. Right? Can we just kind of hang in there with that one just for a little bit? And, and so I just want to read these couple of scripture here. I don't want you to even go there, but the first one is Psalm 139. And we're talking about our heart here. And it's in verse 23. And we're saying, pretend you're saying these words. You're saying, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me. Man, we can all get our heads around this one. And know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And he goes on in Psalm 25, lead me by your truth and teach me for you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. Oh my gosh. If only I could just live that out for one 24-hour period. I mean, my God, before the end of the day, I have grabbed the wheel, and I'm just driving like crazy, and I'm going, man, this thing's really getting crazy. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's kind of out of control here, Deb, isn't it? It's, I'm kind of losing it here. And she goes, I know. <laughs> Would you kind of let go of that wheel and let God have it back? And so there, there you go, Carrie Underwood. If you're listening at home, there's a plug for you. She's not really listening. She might. She could. She could go to the website. If she listens, she's going to get a whole bunch of truth. I love y'all. So look where we went. We So if we're going to be led by the truth. Now, gang, come on. Let's not pretend that this is easy. We can say all day long in settings like this that go, man, I'm just, just be led by God. But then when I come out Monday and I punch the clock, where did that statement go? And what has happened with it? And so how do I, as Jesus said to the boys, 
You are going to be led by the Spirit of me. I love putting that with me. It's the Holy Spirit. He said, boys, if you'll trust me, I will lead you. And that's a big if, isn't it? Because they too wanted to grab the wheel. And they did. And they ran and then they came back. And there was this incredible grace and this mercy that Christ showed them. And then he fills them with himself. And that's where you are. That's where we are collectively filled with resurrection power. Being led by the Holy Spirit of him. And so what does that look like in our day to day? He says in John 16, he says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He doesn't say some truth. He doesn't say maybe on a Tuesday I'm going to kind of try to trick you a little bit. He doesn't say as you're going to Sonic and getting that 4, 4 p.m. half price burger that all bets are off there. I'm not leading you into truth there. It's when does he lead us into truth? All Class, when? All the time. How often? All the time. Where? Everywhere. Is there ever a time I'm not in, that he's not with me in leading? No. Now, boy, y'all are good. You're batting a thousand. <laughs> Pinpoint this next week when you're letting him lead. Pinpoint this week when you're letting him lead in every decision. Literally, just in which sometimes, and I do have fun with it at times, I'm looking in my closet and go, uh, Jesus, what do you want me to wear today? And there's times he's going, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> All that looks the same. <laughs> you got a lot of gray in there, Bibbo. <laughs> going, I love it, Lord. It kind of matches everything. Yeah. So... When are you going to be led by him? Let's talk about the seed. So if we're to be led by the truth at all times, everywhere, and trust that, then don't I need at some point to need, need to know what his truth says? Yes. Okay, now, that's a big time yes. And we are privy of living life with this. Incredibly cool. It's almost like it's got lungs. It could just breathe. <sighs> Now, if at any moment someone pulls this out to condemn you, run. What did we just sing? He's a good, good father. If someone is pulling this out to try to control or coerce you in a way that makes them feel better about themselves, run. You're not going to hear that in most barns. Run. And you come and find someone that says, hey, this thing's meant to grow you. This, this is meant to make you more full. This is meant to make you stronger. This is meant to make you have courage to walk through the very things you don't have the courage to walk through. He's breathing through you with this. Now, can you imagine? There was a time there was not this. Not in this form. There was even a time way back when, way back when, way back when, way back when, on the left-hand side of the book in the Old Testament days, that the old boys lost the book of the law. Can you imagine that? 
Gang, I don't, I don't know, but, but hang in here with me just a, just a little bit. We're going to have a little bit of fun with this. So the, at one point, everybody was united, right? There was, there was Saul, and there was David, and there was Solomon. They were kings, right? God appointed them the United Kingdom. Not the country, but the United Kingdom of God. And there were 12 tribes. Probably remember that from little bitty days, right? Twelve tribes. But they too couldn't get along. Sometimes we just kind of skip by that. There was a whole lot of times they didn't listen to what God had said. Tons. And so if anybody ever says that God is not a God of grace, all they got to do is go back and read how many times these people said no. And how many times he went back after them. I know you don't get it now. Come on. I'm going to dust you off. Come on. Get, come on. Get back in here. Yeah, come on. Right? It's a tremendous God of grace. Tremendous God of mercy. Tremendous God of patience. Long suffering. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, after years, they, the book comes up missing. Now, gang, there were high priests that were appointed to take care of all this. But life happens. And so the, the only illustration that I can even come close to thinking, think of the, of the prettiest worship barn that you can think of. One that comes to mind for me is the one that we went to in Manhattan. Um, Saint, uh, is it St. Patrick's Cathedral? It's stunning. I'm telling you, you walk into that place and it literally will take your breath away. And then you're in that place that was built for God, Jesus Christ, and then all of a sudden someone brings in something else. Hey, I'm just going to, hey, what is that, Bibbo? Well, I'm just going to set that right there. It's a little statue. Don't worry about it. It's a little statue. What are you going to do with it? Well, after we're doing this, I'm going to worship that for a little bit as well. And then another guy comes in. Well, hey, Bibbo brought his in. I guess I'll bring mine in too. So I'll bring in another statue. Well, what's that one? Hey, don't, don't worry about it. it <laughs> I'm just going to kind of worship that one a little bit too. You start to feel me? Gang, it got so out of hand. It got so crazy out of control that there were male-female prostitution rings within it. There were child sacrifices outside of the temple. It was heinous. It was the most, it was just full of debauchery. I can't even paint the picture for you and how out of hand that it got. And we say, that would be like us going into one of the local places and doing that and setting up shop there. New Orleans. I, I don't, I'm not picking on New Orleans. It's just there's areas of that that's very dark. It'd be like setting voodoo up in every place of worship. That's about as close as I can get. They had lost it. And then all of a sudden, they've lost the book. And so it wasn't until the king of Josiah, who was in the southern kingdom, catch this. He's appointed king at eight years old. That's a huge score for him. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be 
be like us out playing Foursquare, and all of a sudden, I'm playing Foursquare, and I go, hey, Bimbo, you're king. What? <laughs> Turn right, I'm king. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Y'all better start doing what I say. Can you imagine? But here's the cool thing about that, is that there was this guy named Hilkiah. He was the high priest. And he comes alongside this child, and he starts mentoring him. You see, because, see, the book was lost, but in that day, most of the time, the way that the, the handing down of the word was given was by mouth. It was through telling the stories of how your mama and how your daddy and how your granddaddy and how your great-granddaddy and how your great-grandmama and how your aunts and uncles all connected with the word that have finally got them to the place where they were hearing the story of God leading a people out and taking them to the promised land. And so it was years after years after years after years after sharing these stories with one another, but now the book's gone. And Josiah has Hilkiah, and Hilkiah is starting to set things back right. He knows what to do within the temple to start clearing things out. Now here's the thing. He finds it. <laughs> Can you imagine? He knows the book's gone. And for 75 years, 80 years, depending on the scholar, and now you're rummaging through and you find the book of the law. Can, can you imagine even at first that maybe he just kind of even looked at it and just stepped back and went, Lord, yes, it's your word, Father. Can you imagine the excitement? I, if he was wearing a robe, he hiked that baby up and he hightailed it to Josiah, but now Josiah is about 26. And when he reads it to Josiah, Josiah rips his stuff in despair. He said, we're so out of touch with our Creator that we're worshiping things He has created instead of the Creator. Get it out! Remember to get rid? He started getting rid. He started cleaning house. Man, praise God. And so here, here's the thing. I, I just, I, I'm trying to, you know, I was going, Lord, what is something maybe that we could kind of even relate to to show the uh, incredible magnitude of now that we found the word, what would that look like for us? So have any of you guys ever watched how we as a country take care of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution? You ever watch films of that? Please go home and watch it. It will blow you away. I mean, gloves on. When, actually, when it comes out, gloves are on, and it's like, they just barely touch it. The care that goes into taking care of that document. And now these old boys have found the book of the law that originally came from tablets. Gang, come on, it wasn't that far, right? Moses going, hey, Moses, here you go. Oh, you broke the first set, nice. 
I, sometimes I want to think Moses did that on purpose. He's like, there ain't no way I can live up to that. I've got nothing to base that on. That's just a little bivo humor. It makes sense, though. He's a game changer. He is a game changer. And so now, with the absolute care that goes into taking care of a document for a country, we now have a document, a breathing word to breathe life. Now here's what I want to, here's where I really want to have some fun. It was a generation really that didn't have the book of the law. And even when you go back and look at that, they said that some didn't, had no idea. Had no idea. What if we didn't have this? What if, seriously, let's go there just for a second. What if we did not have the Bible? For 75 years. What if you didn't have it? That there was no way they. It reminds me a little bit of that movie, uh, Book of Eli. Ever seen that movie? Golly, that's good. It's so good. It's crazy. You remember how he protected it? So just think if we didn't have it for 75 years, and then all of a sudden you're up in your great great grandmama's attic. You're cleaning stuff out. And you happen upon the word. And that thing's sitting there breathing. <laughs> Ready to breathe life in. Who, who, what, what would be your first step when you got it in your hand? Where would you go? <laughs> who would you share it with? Who's the first person that you would go and say, man, are you kidding me? Look! Would we parade it in the street or would we cower down and hide? I know you well enough that you would parade it in the street and say everything that I've been showing you, everything I've been teaching you, every way that we've been living life is coming from this. It's the breathing word of God. And so here's where I really want to start having fun. How are you receiving the seed of him today? Man, come up with creative ways. I hear, I hear this word, I hear this phrase a lot. You know, when sometimes people ask, hey, how often are you getting in the word? Not as often as I should. Well, then, okay. Why did I put should on that? So what's the benchmark? What's the, are you in it? Great, celebrate that. Don't know shoulds. There was a day, gang, they didn't have it. Share it with one another. So here's where I want to have a little bit more fun. Think of the ways that you would receive the seed of God today. Let's pretend that we just that we still haven't found it. But we were we were championed as a group to fashion one. That God came down and said, "Hey man, I love the way you guys live. I want you to write a book about me. I want I want you to write letters like the boys did before and y'all kind of lost my book. <laughs> I'd like for you to fashion another one." 
Who would you get to bring in to start saying, hey, do you remember that, man, there was a story about this donkey. <laughs> that rascal started talking. Do you remember that? Who would you start gathering stories to help put the Bible back together? How would you find others who, too, have hidden the word in their heart? It's in the book. And see, I know that you have because I see the way you live life. And that the hidden word in your heart is pouring out. It's absolutely beautiful. Here's the last thing I, I want to share in that. How much care would you take for your book after you've written it? Who would you want to see it? Who would you want to meditate on it with you? Who would you have to study it with you? You see, I believe we're already doing it a lot. I think sometimes that when we, we, we have the writers of the Bible, right? And we hold them to high esteem. Guess who is seated right there with them? Who else? Everybody in the room, raise your hand if you said yes to Jesus. You're sitting there right with them. Now, we say that this book is God-breathed, and I believe it. I believe that with everything in me, gang. But guess what else I also believe? I believe that the writings that come through her are God-breathed. I believe that at times when I'm printing st or typing stuff out on the screen and I'm looking at afterwards, I'm going, there's no way that I could have come up with that. Father, thank you. That's God-breathed. He's in me, right? He's in you. So go ahead and start continuing to write out your legacy. That's, all, that's what it is. How are you receiving the seed? Do you believe the seed of Him that's roaring through you? And how are you getting your intake? Don't compare to others. If you're receiving your seed by listening to someone on audio, man, let it rip. Listen all day long. If you're receiving your seed by sitting down and reading, lovely. If you're receiving your seed by first starting out and just listening to others, how they live life, and they're bringing this word up, that's receiving the seed. How are you praying? How are you meditating? How are you receiving the seed of Him to keep your believing muscles trained up? You know, one of the things they'd said about Josiah... Never before had there been a king like Josiah who turned to the Lord with all his heart, soul, and strength. Guess how Jesus summed it up for us. Love me with all your heart, soul, and mind. You're in pretty good company, gang. I love y'all. Father, thank you. We love you for this time. We love you for the seed of your word that does change people changes us and so father i pray that we don't check out i want us to go ahead and stand up everybody gets ready
So we're not going to check out of this moment, Father. We're going to stay focused in this moment of celebrating you through communion. The table is wide open. And Lord, I still love getting the visual that we had last week that you're just sitting there high-fiving us as, as we come up. Lord, thank you that we get to say yes to you. And so for everyone that has, Lord, we get to dine. went to a um, conference a couple weeks ago under John Eldridge and um, John said that when he leaves his house he he leaves praise music going all day even if they're not there because the devil hates it 